Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyoli, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast that reminds us that our desires are not only valid, but perhaps necessary for us to achieve our maximum levels of joy in life, allowing us to spread the largest ripples of love possible. As always, please keep your sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourselves, and enjoy. Our guest today is a 47-year-old white cisgender male who has been monogamously married for 15 years. He is pansexual and is into being dominated, pegging, cum-swapping, spitting, fluids, MFMs, MMFs, and group sex. A post-production engineer from Canada, welcome, D. Hello. Hey, can you start off by telling our beautiful listeners if you had to rate yourself on a sexual shameometer scale with one being totally shameless and ten being so full of shame, where do you fall today? I would say probably a five. I'm not used to talking about this kind of thing and only have a few people that I can talk to like this. Maybe that's what's causing the feelings of shame. I don't think I have shame about things I've done or experiences I've had. It's more the talking about it and it's something I need to do more of, I think. Mm, okay. Well, we are very honored to have you here today. Do you feel the same way when you're talking to partners about sex? Is that harder or easier for you? It's hard to start it, but then once it starts, it's like a train of information. I think my version of it is it's like I'm looking for the green light of permission. And then once I have it, I'm like, all the things. And then I have to swim, so practicing slowing down. Okay. So in the name of practicing talking about sex can you give us a little overview of what your sex life is like right now and favorite parts if you have any sex life is kind of slow with my partner it's not as often as i'd like okay. i do go to like massage places that's a lot of fun depending on who is massaging me or who i'm massaging i really enjoy that because it's not really like intercourse so much but it's a lot of touching and experiencing and it's kind of where the being dominated comes from i don't know like to be kind of pampered is that the right word or i'd like to be kind of follow along totally i relate to that i'm like yeah please use me touch me however you want to touch yeah and i like when my boundaries get pushed in those scenarios so if it's like you know a finger in the butt you know what i mean like that kind of thing is exciting to me Okay. Are those boundaries being pushed in a way of explicit communication or are you saying that you like it when someone just goes for something that you haven't discussed ahead of time? I like it when I don't know that it's going to happen. Wow. And then it happens and I like to be surprised by it. Completely surprised. Yeah. Do you ever worry that that might lead you into kind of a rapey situation? Yeah. It's not being forced. It's more being experimented Mm. on. Mm, that's a hot way to say it. If I'm reading your body language correctly, it sounds like the assumption is in a situation where you feel safe and comfortable and you could probably protect yourself against whoever's experimenting on you. Yeah, of course. Like not like walking down the street or in a bar or something and somebody grabs you in the wrong way or, you know, is forceful. That's different. You need consent for that, of course. But I don't know, like the hands go somewhere but it's kind of like a slow progression to it. You know what I mean? Like the hands go to a place where you've never had them go or a mouth goes somewhere where you've never had it. That's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm right there with you. I love my boundaries being pushed. And I am the type of person where it's so important for me to have like a general overview of what could happen with a given person for me to relax enough to like, like a tongue in my asshole. Do you know what I mean? Like, Because what if I didn't pay attention to wiping that day? I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, that's always a thing, right? It is always a thing. And like, I have my bidet, but if I'm out and about, I don't know. All right. So can you tell us now, what's your personal definition of sexy? What does it mean to you? What's sexy? Closeness, intimacy, and sexy. You know, you can go to what clothes you're wearing. Obviously, they're sexy visually, but to me, it's more, you know, closeness, the way somebody touches you or looks in your eyes, that kind of thing. is That's sexy to me. Fuck yeah. Do you remember ever learning about consent growing up? I think it was implied more than anything. Like I grew up in a house where I was taught to respect other people. That goes for race, uh, the way people look. It's kind of a wide range of things and consent kind of is implied in that where you're taught respect. And, you know, if somebody says no, you stop right away. Yeah. Can you tell us if you have had an experience of explicit consent where there was like mutual permission that was very sexy to you if you can recall one i can talk about the woman i was dating before i got married because we had lots of different experiences and trying new things and lots of sex so there was one time where she had her dildo or whatever is a vibrating one and she decided to kind of put it between my legs and on my taint and then asked if she could try to insert it no it didn't go in yeah, that was me giving consent to experience it until I couldn't do it. <laughs> wow. In that experience, if you had known in general that was on the table, would you have preferred if she had just gone for it? Or is that the type of place where you like warning? I think went for it in the moment. Okay. I think that's kind of like... What you like, yeah. Yeah, I like my boundaries to be pushed a little bit. Yeah. And there's sort of like an endorphin rush. Literally, dopamine is released when we are surprised. When there is a novel thing, especially when we like it, you know, dopamine is like, whoa, a surprise. Yeah, I think if she asked before, it would have been fine. But the fact that it was kind of like a spur of the moment thing was exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just different types of exciting, different types of surprises. And so I like to kind of like think about that. All of the ways that consent can be sexy. It can happen ahead of time, but also in the moment, we can re-up consent. You know, who knows, even if it was beforehand, I think that would still be excited. Like it'd still have that endorphin rush, but maybe not as intense. Maybe, but also maybe she would wait a week and then surprise you. You just yeah. never know. I mean, that, that's the whole thing. And of course, the other side of that coin, just because I do want to make more of an effort to talk about consent in general, is that we can also revoke it at any time. We can bop out of anything we don't want to be a part of. Yep. Okay. Now, can you tell us what happens to your shameometer when it's time to talk to a new partner about safer sex? And what would your ideal version of this conversation be? I don't think I would have shame about safer sex. It's important, especially with a new partner, to be safe. And you don't know you have something or she doesn't know she has something or could transfer. And then you put a lot more people than just yourself in jeopardy. So talking about it, I don't have any shame about saying, you know, we should use protection or, you know, have you been tested or, you know. Here are my results. Do you get tested ever with, before you see new partners or it, you're monogamous-ish mostly? I mean, I get blood work done every three months. I have diabetes. So for that, and I know they run tests on everything. So great. I also hear that there's like ease in Canada when it comes to testing and free clinics. At least my friends in BC report such. Oh, there's tons of, yeah, you can go to any clinic. You can be as anonymous as you can be. Yeah. It's free. Amazing. Okay, now take us back to your early years. When do you first remember hearing about sex? What do you remember thinking and feeling about it? What is your first memory around sex? Well, I have older sisters, a bunch of them. 
So there was always boyfriends and stuff. So I always wondered what they were doing. So that was kind of my first introduction, not introduction, but like wondering what, what's going on. Right. And then I have a funny story about the first time I kind of saw it or saw it on film or whatever. It was at a friend's place. I think it was in like grade six or grade seven, maybe grade six. We we're at his house, you know, after school, he's like, take a look at this. And he brings out like an old VHS tape. I'm dating myself because we didn't have the internet back Same. then. Yeah. So he puts on this movie and it's like 10 people in a room going nuts. What? Like an orgy? Like the first thing you saw was an orgy? Yeah. <laughs> You know, I remember watching it and then it came to the money shot or whatever. The one that I saw was they were having sex doggy style and he came inside of her and he pulled it out. And I thought the cum came from the female because I hadn't had an orgasm yet. I didn't know what it was. I had no idea. Do you remember when you figured it out? For real? I think somebody had mentioned that stuff comes out. Like one of my friends the next year, like grade seven, I was just in my bed doing what boys do when you're experimenting discovering tingly parts i remember i used to do this thing where i would like lick my hand or spit in my hand and then run my hand across kind of like pull the side of the head of my cock kind of down okay and then along the edge of the head and it was like super sensitive cool so i would do that like on your left side kind of yeah kind of like okay i used to do that a lot exactly that's it oh my god I love knowing the different ways that people like to be stroked and touched specifically and like the specific spots. That's really cool. So you figured that out. I figured that out, but I I was doing that for a long time, like for probably a year and nothing was kind of happening. I would just like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go to sleep. But then I remember specifically one night having this kind of like something else is happening, you know, like something is coming, something inside. Yeah. And I remember it happened and it was like hot fluid all over (laughs) Yeah. I was like, what happened? I was a little first a little scared and I was like, I'm never gonna do that again. And then like the next day I was like, I'm gonna do that again. <laughs> yeah. So that was my first kind of understanding of how your body works. And then the next thing was to try to find somebody else to do that. Before we get there, I would love to know. I heard you mention friends who expose you to this VHS orgy. I'm curious. Did you get more information from friends or family growing up or school? Like, where did your knowledge come from and what was the vibe of your household like? Besides having a bunch of sin sisters. (laughs) Yeah. They never really talked about it. It was never kind of like spoke about in our house. So I never got a talk or anything like that. So yeah, I was mostly discovering it from friends that were a few years older than me would talk about it. And in school, we just had like health class, which was just the anatomy stuff right you know this is a penis this is a vagina this is how you make a baby kind of thing but it wasn't like sexual it was health and that was it what about your parents did they ever talk about anything was your family religious at all no they were probably just too embarrassed to talk about it which is funny with the amount of people in my family you think that they would i don't know (laughs) no no sometimes my friends who have the most siblings have parents who will not talk about sex just again my personal experience (laughs) yeah no i never honestly never ever had the talk Okay. It was more learning about it from other people or reading stuff or whatever, finding magazines. So when it came time to look for partners, what did you do? What were your explorations like? You know, just asking girls out. And it took me a while. I was kind of a late bloomer, like as far as, you know, sexuality, like having sex with other people. What's your definition of late? Grade nine, maybe 14, 15. 
I remember that specific experience was me and a cousin. I lived in a town that had sort of a main river that went through it. So we went down the river, we went fishing, and we went down to this area where there were some cottages, and we saw some girls that went to school with my cousin, and they were just at their cottage by themselves. I guess it was them, and there was like a neighbor's friend there. We went in, and we were hanging out, and it kind of turned into all of us in the bedroom, and then four of us on a bed. I didn't have sex that day, but it was like a lot of groping and kissing and touching. And I remember wanting to go down on one girl and she wouldn't let me. She thought that was gross. Yeah. So that was kind of my first experience. Wow. So had you kissed anyone or anything before that? Not like mouth kissing, like kissing, like Like a peck that had done pecks by the time I was that age. But it was, this was, you know, very different. Did you learn about going down on people from porn or how did you like know it was a thing? Yeah, probably porn. I don't know why I wanted to do it. It's like one of my favorite things to do for sure. Okay, this is a good time to talk about it because my next question is like, when did you get to finally do it? And if you love it, please tell us specifics about what you love. I was probably closer to end of high school. I had a bit of a lull in my sex life after that. It was at a time where nobody shaved. So there was a big bush. I remember that. I remember it being really wet and not sure if I liked the taste, (laughs) but that's something I think you grow to Mm, like. Like It was a bit musky. I mean, every person is different too. It may have just been because it was like after school kind of a... Yeah. Well, different people respond differently to different people's physiologies. Like we have different microbiomes and some people do respond. There's some research that says that we are more attracted to people with pheromones that have different immunity profiles from our own. You know, so there literally are just different preferences and different experiences. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think I knew what a clitoris was at that time. Okay. So it was just kind of like rubbing my face around in there, but really, really loving it. And just, I think more what I like about doing that is the reaction or the fact that you're making somebody else feel good, mm. you know, or bringing joy to somebody else is mm-hmm. super hot. And it just got me more excited. And I think I actually came just going down on her at that time. I don't think I actually, there was any like reciprocation that time. <laughs> wow. That's super hot. It's just exciting. What about now? How, as you reflect on going down on partners over the years, has anything changed that you love? Do you have any moves that you are like, oh, try this? Or what just like, can you speak to it now? Just like looking back over the years? I think it's not doing the same thing over and over and over again, changing it up. And I think every woman is different. You know what I mean? Like everybody reacts differently. So trying to find what they like, but I find like a flat tongue on the clitoris is like on the whole sort of upper area works well. Don't forget the inside, you know, like as far as you can go kind of thing. (laughs) I find a hand on the pelvic region, kind of put some pressure there while you're doing it. And I don't know if it's because you're holding somebody down from moving, if that's what is enjoyable or if it's pushing on the G spot or what exactly you're doing. But I like to do that move. That's awesome. All of it. I'm just like, if I'm having sex with a person, I just want them to grab me. You said you identify as pansexual. Have you gone down on partners who are penis owners? I have. Like, I'm not attracted to men, but in a situation where there is a female and a male, that to me is super hot. And not being forced to do it, but like, it's kind of not a taboo. Taboo, it's not a taboo anymore. But, you know, it's something that is exciting to like go down on a guy with female at the same time. That's pretty hot. Amazing. And have that happen to me as well as... It's pretty fun. 
yeah, on that note, what do you remember about your first blowjob experience and the evolution of the blowjobs in your life that you have received? I mean, sometimes you get teeth, which is <laughs> some gr- women think <laughs> well, it's hot. I have been with dude partners that are like, bite it, bite a little bit, scrape, give me a little scrape. And then other ones that are like, there's teeth. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> they are in my mouth. I don't know. <laughs> a little bit's okay, but not like chomping. I'm fairly well, like I'm, I have a really thick dick, so it's sometimes harder for people. I don't know if it's because I'm not, like I'm not super tall. So I always thought, because it's come up a lot in my past where my partners have been like, uh, I was not expecting that, you oh, know, kind of thing. But I don't know if it's because I'm short and I just have a regular size penis. And it just looks <laughs> bigger, <laughs> but that could be, that's probably not true. That's probably, because uh, you wouldn't get the same kind of, I don't know, every partner I've been with, it's been kind of like, for some it's an issue because it's too much. Most people like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and and some people just need the right kind of warm-up, and some people just need the right kind of lube, and, you know, but if you're consistently hearing back, like, oh, that's thick, that's a lot, that fills me up, that's, you know, probably a good indicator. Does the thickness affect your partner's ability, like, deep-throating or anything, or is it? Yeah, it's harder to find somebody you can, my partner can. My ex-girlfriend before I got married, she was really good at it, and she loved it. Like, she would sometimes just want to give me a blowjob and not do anything else. You know, we had a bit of a long distance thing, so she would come and see me. As soon as we got in the house, it was like pants down kind of thing. (sighs) Yeah. Which was awesome. She was a little bit jealous, so that kind of ended. Okay. Jealous of things that weren't happening, kind of, you know. So anyways, we had a really good time sex-wise. It was good. Mm, That's nice. Okay, so (laughs) blowjobs. Do you have anything else to say about blowjobs, or do you have any formative experiences that stand out to you? Maybe I've had a lot of them, so it's hard to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you're experienced with that yeah yeah for sure i like a sloppy lots of spit i like the intermix kissing with blowjobs oh, i think that's, that's so hot. hot that's so hot the first time a partner gave me a blowjob to completion and then kissed me with a full mouth of gum was kind of like shocking but at the same time exciting it's one of those things where it's pushing your boundaries and not expecting it and now it's kind of one of my I wouldn't say my favorite things to do, but it's super fun when it happens. Yeah. Is it related to all of your fluid exchange things? Like, can you kind of take us through like each little bit and like what you love? So we have cum swapping, spitting, fluid, like just, can you just talk a little bit about when did you first notice it was a thing? Probably in my mid twenties, I, it kind of started happening and I don't know why. I have no idea why it's hot to me, but it is. Yeah. I don't know, maybe it's just the, you feel bonded with some, you feel like closer to somebody yeah. when you're experiencing that. Same with like, I'm not like a huge fan of like golden showers, but like it's happened before mm-hmm. where it was like a little bit in my mouth was okay, but not too much. I couldn't handle it. I've been there. Do you know this about me? I've been there. I've drunk the golden shower and I'm sort of like, oh, that was really hot. And also I don't know if I'm sexually, I'm aroused by the whole thing of it and I don't want to do it every day. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's the thought. It's the idea of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. The closeness, like you said. Yeah. I don't know what you call it, but like sometimes I like, if I'm having sex, I want that. I want to have calm in my mouth after, but then as soon as I'm done, I don't want it to happen. I change my mind almost immediately. What do you do? logistically like just stop it from happening okay okay (laughs) oh interesting okay so like in the actual with a partner cool so there's a psychological element that's very very totally something in my head it just gets me excited but when it happens when it's like immediate it's okay but if it's like i come and then there's like a few 30 seconds then 
I don't want to do it. Totally. I can really relate to that. Yeah. Like if someone like comes all over me and I'm like lapping up the edges, that's cool. Especially also like once stuff sits for a minute, I'm like, no, I'm not into that. Like it's got to be fresh. I don't know. Maybe there's a freshness issue. <laughs> what about for you? Is any part of it like sensory oriented? Like, is it the feeling of wetness? Is that related to the like blowjob sloppiness? Like, yeah, I think so. I think it's the sensation. You know, like I love kissing. Kissing is like one of my favorite things to do when really wet. And that's probably the fluid thing. That will get me going like immediately. Okay. One of the things I did with a couple that I used to see before I was married, me and her were having sex missionary style. And he was like finishing or she was giving him a blowjob. And then he came like on both of us. Oh, wow. That was kind of shocking and oh. like super hot. And then I immediately like came. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would experience that as extremely hot, and I, yeah. I'm glad you did too. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question for you: In terms of sloppiness and wetness and spit, do you like it everywhere? Like, are you an inside of the ears lick my ear person? Oh my god, yes, earlobe and in ear canal. That will almost make me finish if it's very intense. That and my nipples getting licked. Actually, my ex and I. She used to like just lay beside me and jerk me off and lick my nipple. And I'd have probably some of the most intense orgasms from that. Is it like slow, flat licks or like more of tongue flicks? Or do you just like a variety? Variety. Okay. It is variety. Okay. Because I've been like licking some man nipples lately and I'm just like, like this, like this, you know, and like some people have various capacities for giving feedback. So I try to be like sensitive to the experience, but okay, cool. That's awesome. For me, I, I can't hold it back. I'm very emotive during sex. So, Wow. Do you feel like you're more emotive during sex than in regular life? Probably. Okay. Yeah, you let go totally. It's, for me, it's kind of like playing music. It's the same kind of feeling. I don't know if it's just letting go is what it is that's so freeing about it. Because, you know, day-to-day -day life, it's hard to let go of your facade that you put up for people i feel like you have to hold things back can't always share i mean you're able to which is awesome well, I, I envy you well i learned recently after reading brene brown's latest book atlas of the heart that i just am wired differently in historically i'm learning like this past week that there are so many more moments where i am not clocking other people's discomfort and shame and i'm pretty sure that that's why i'm able to be like here's my things because i think i've been missing some social cues <laughs> like literally reading atlas of the heart and being like oh, all these emotions and they have categories and there's you know and of course it's just one researcher who's compiling but it's like thousands of people of research so you know i hear the envy and also it's i think the reason that people explode at me accidentally a lot where i'm like why did that happen <laughs> So, you know, give and take on all sides. I think it's awesome. I have some friends that are like that, that are just open books about mm. everything, right? Mm -hmm, and I'm mm -hmm. envious because I wish I could be more like that. You're practicing right now. Exactly. Do you experience a difference of turn on between, say, cum and vaginal wetness and spit? Like, do they have a different texture or is it like once we're wet and messy, everything is a hot fluid? I would say it's always different. I think it goes in stages of how crazy it's going to get with fluid. I've had the experience of a woman squirting on me or like in my face, and that was super intense, and I couldn't get enough of it. I was like going down on her, and she stopped me. She said, uh, wait, 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 wait. And I was like, 
what what's happening she's like something's about to happen and i'm like well just let it happen and it did and i was like how many more times can we do that <laughs> that was super <laughs> that was like amazing and it wasn't from like you know you see those videos where there's like an action you got to do with your fingers you got to get your fingers in the right spot and but with her it was just like eating her out and then she just like exploded i wanted to see her more and more and more and more and more this was probably when i was like 25 or something like that wow have you had other partners that are squirters like is that a thing that you're into making happen i like to try but some people can't do it right or don't let it happen it's a whole thing and there is definitely a let go and it's a whole thing yeah i have been with one partner that i had to it was the finger action right yeah that made it happen and like a toy that mm -hmm. helped it was different it was like a different fluid oh, it was yeah. more like i don't know it wasn't urine but it was kind of like on that side like it was a bit salty kind of well look if we get into the squirt literature and i recommend everyone go read the vagina bible if they're interested in these details it seems that like the skein's gland really only gives out a little bit of fluid it probably is like urine related stuff a lot it's coming through different places it's a whole filtration system so i i don't know they've like studied it some but it's just like yeah sometimes it might be everyone makes their squirt different yeah <laughs> But I do remember that first time it happened, maybe she just drank a lot of water and it was just like clear fluid. So I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't happen very often. It's hard to find that in a partner. My partner doesn't do it now. Okay. I definitely noticed that for me, hydration is a key factor. And I also noticed that like, it's like when cum tastes different. It's like, what did you eat? How much have you slept? <laughs> okay. I want to go back to spit stuff for a second. Have you ever had anyone be like, lie down? And I'm imagining this on your stomach, although I kind of feel like you on your back would be hot. And then someone, like a partner, just slowly spits on you everywhere. Maybe you're tied down so you're not allowed to move. And so it's just the sensation of like spit dripping down your body. And then like at the very end, there's like spit on one ball spit i mean assuming we're in a location where all of that's right and then spit on the other and spit on the cock and then it turns into a blowjob is that something you'd be into yes of course <laughs> i don't know <laughs> that sounds like a dream come true i'm sure like yeah of course do you have fantasies about like groups of people standing around like would you be like in the middle of a bukkake or a squirt bukkake or just like people spitting oh on God. you? Like, would that be fun for you? Yeah. Do you have any other specific fantasies around squirt or fluid or spitting? No, but I have this thing for wanting to experience more of the group dynamic. So like, I think I've been in a room with four people, like when I was younger, like I told you, and then with a couple, but I would like to experience like a room full of people. <sighs> here's the thing even with group play we actually do have to be careful about certain orifices like mostly getting stuff outside is fine but i actually feel like i would wear goggles <laughs> but what about in your mouth like what would that be like dangerous yeah it would i mean i in group stuff i try to avoid fluid exchange personally big fan of female condoms for threesomes and moresomes so that people can go back and forth and do the swapping thing and not waste you know no it's not wasting condoms but it's easier to have one female condom they're just hard to get a hold of here are they why why is that you have to get a fucking prescription or at least i did you can't just walk into the store and buy them my friend we tried to re-up the prescription and this year the things have changed we both have medical and 
they are not covered this year. So 12 of them was going to cost 200 and something. Like it was an insane. What? Yeah. So one of my future missions, I think this year is going to be trying to make female condoms a thing because they are great for group sex. And I think that if we just knew about them, you also have to make sure that if you are with a penis partner, that they come in them, that they come all the way inside and not dribbling out the edges to get into the vagina. So there still are things to be cautious about, but in terms of having safer, more seamless threesome experience, especially in a situation where you're not extensively involved in each other's sexual histories, like I'm thinking a play party or something, that's I'm a big fan of that. But back to fantasies about you and come everywhere. Do you watch porn that has a lot of fluid specific stuff? Do you watch porn? Are you into porn? I do enjoy watching it. I just haven't been in the last little while. I like a lot of different kind of porn and kind of gets more extreme the more I watch it. Mm -hmm. Like I really enjoy watching femdom porn. I like group porn. I like transgender porn. I like the cum swapping porn or female to male mouth or like even cuckold porn sometimes is fun to watch. But the thing about cuckold is that I don't think I could be that guy that's just watching. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, <laughs> and, I always want someone to touch me, but I have experienced a lot of fun being put in a cage and getting forced with air quotes to watch my master fuck another submissive. You know, like that was really fun for me. But if that had been the whole session, I would have been like, don't touch me. <laughs> yeah. So the same thing about like being dominated. I don't like being humiliated. Mm. I like it to be kind of sensual, like caring, like you're cared about as the sub. Yeah. Tell me more about your submissive side. And when did you discover him? And as a man, how has that been for you? I've only talked to a handful of submissive men. Oh, yeah. Well, on pod, I hear from them a lot in the shadows. <laughs> I'm sure. I don't know. I've experienced it before. Like I've gone to a professional a few times and uh what was that like how'd you find him just on a website it was like back page or something like that back in the day it started off with actually she wasn't really a dom she would like sell her panties and she would like masturbate in front of you while i like you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. mutual masturbation i guess so that was hot and like she would send videos and stuff and one night i was like having fun i just was playing guitar and i videotaped it and i sent her a video saying, hey, here's a video of me wanking off. But it wasn't. It was me just jamming on guitar, right? So that turned into me giving her guitar lessons in exchange for, like, sessions or whatever. So that was, what? yeah, that was pretty fun. That's amazing. <laughs> Were those just the hottest guitar lessons? Like, was there tension? Like, that's the stuff of fantasy for me. Yeah, I remember specifically at the end of one of the lessons. So we would do, like, a 30-minute lesson, and then she would do, like, a 30-minute I cannot wrap my, that's like, that's so hot. That's just so much talent. Like, I want to go play guitar now with someone who's going to fuck me ever, like, or dominate. <laughs> now, even if they don't fuck me, like, just, did she fuck you? Was it a fuck session in public? No. no, no, but just. Didn't want to be an escort or most anything Most doms like that. are not. Mo like, a, a lot of people do not realize that places you go, dungeons you go, they are not there to fuck you. They might. Some of them do peg you. Not all of them. Definitely not a given. Yeah. Like initially it started no touching, but then she, I don't know, she liked my dick. So she, every once in a while would give me a little help, which was hot. But I remember at one time after one of the lessons, she got up because I have this panty fetish. I have so many fetishes. I love it. <laughs> but she got ready. We were getting ready to do the session and she like reached into her vagina and pulled out a pair of underwear for me to have to take home. That was pretty exciting and fun. That's amazing. She could squirt, by the way. 
So that was a fun thing when we were doing the back and forth mutual masturbation. She would like squirt on me or whatever while I was jerking off, which was was pretty super hot. Oh my God, that is pretty super hot. I fucking love that. What about panties? When did you discover you liked them? Do you get them from lovers? Do they give them to you? Do you buy them for people? It was only with her that I would exchange. And I don't know where it came from. It may stem from my years of like having older sisters and panties being around all the time. I don't know why. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? We never know why about our kinks. I mean, some people think they do, but do we ever know anything? I don't know. Is that the important part? I don't know. How does it make you feel? That's the hot why. Yeah. So I don't know what interested me and in what kind do I like. I like thongs. I like tight boy shorts that are nice. But I like them on somebody else. I don't, I'm not like into putting them on. I okay. just, no. What about like touching them or sniffing them? Like, like are you into panty sellers? Like they're, you know, I've, I've done some research about panty sellers. I was like thinking about doing it. I have some old underwear and I'm like, what should I do with these? You should. You make some money. <laughs> Maybe. Make some extra money. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's not one of my foremost fantasies or fetishes but like if a partner has a sexy pair of panties on sexy to you maybe they're boy shorts maybe it's a lazy thong who knows is it hot to you if they might leave them on and like you fuck them through them kind of thing yeah like that's yeah, the type that's... of thing that i'm really into like push the panties to the side and fuck me yeah that's super hot <laughs> yeah cool. the smell of them is nice too like a mixture of kind of like perfume or body spray and wet pussy oh is... yeah <laughs> hot that's yeah. so hot Oh my gosh. What else are you into that you love? Like, tell me, what other fetishes don't I know about? New experiences. Learning new things about myself, what I like, or about what other people like. It's hot to me to experience something for the first time. And maybe, you know, 10 other times if it's something that I end up enjoying. But just trying it for the first time is exciting. I can really relate to that. I think as a submissive, what I learned about myself is like, oh, novelty. I get off on novelty and the newness of things. And then when I discover something I like, or even if I don't like love it, or I guess for me, if it's a scary like, so example, a cane, like I like getting caned, but I just like with piss play, I don't want it all the time, every day, you know? But I like knowing that it is on the menu now and that it could be on the menu again at some point. Like, I like having a wider and wider pool to choose from for play. With your dom lady who you saw, are there any specifics of things that she did to you that are noteworthy, especially if she didn't touch you? She had this electro wand thing. I don't know what it's called. I have a neon wand. There's also a violet wand. And then there's also, like, cattle prods which you have to be really careful about with electro play you always have to be careful about hearts stopping oh yeah i'm not into like pain so much but the tingliness of it so she did that that was exciting she had this little metal thing with a wheel on the end wartenberg wheel pinwheel is that what it's called yeah. okay yeah pinwheel so she had that and she ran that across my balls and my dick and stuff that's intense like i thought something bad was gonna happen like i thought i was gonna bleed but obviously she knew what she was doing. So that was super hot. She had a client, I guess, that wanted to have like five bulls, she called it. So she asked me to do that. I didn't do that. That was a little bit too much for me, I think. Not enough female presence. Mm -hmm. That was going to be my question. Yeah. What would you need to say yes to a situation like that? A little more gender balance? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I don't think I like men. I think I like the idea of the taboo of it with a female partner mm. does that make sense yeah i personally think that all preferences are valid it's a matter of like if you have a preference that's like against a person just keep that to yourself you know what i mean but like the hot tabooness of it great 
I think it's super hot when even if someone is not super into a pole or a whole type of partner or another, simply for play party scenarios, like having someone who can go there, who can hang, who can touch, who's down for whatever. Like, I think that's really hot personally, regardless of what's behind it. Yeah. What it more so is, is being open-minded to experiences and not to judge other people for those experiences. That's kind of where I'm at. Same. And I think that for me, it's that type of openness that like led me to be like, oh yeah, never thought I'd be into a woman. Here I am. Just didn't realize it got raised super straight, you know, like just didn't know. And so like, that's super, super fun for me. On that note of group stuff, you mentioned MFMs and MMFs. Can you, I always get the letters and the order of the letters confused. Can you just like outline what specifically you're into and what you like about it and like what your threesome or moresome dreams consist of? I think I like both scenarios. Like you said, I can't remember which letter goes where in the MMF or M. I just know it's important and I know that we can look it up, but I prefer to err on the side of just clarifying. (laughs) Yeah, I think I like both scenarios. I like the fact of, two people making one person feel good but i also like everybody being able to do whatever they want i mean to a certain degree obviously consent is important but yeah if a hand touches something that shouldn't be like whoa don't do that kind of Mm. thing you know what i mean it should Mm -hmm. be kind of more open because it's you know you're already naked you're already doing stuff so why not just have fun totally that's kind of how I feel. Like, I'm like, well, we're already here on Earth. We're already talking to each other. We're already in the same room. We could be not wearing these clothes. Okay, we'll, we'll keep them on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just hard to be open about it. I'm very envious of you to be open about these things, and I wish I could be. You know, I'm in my 40s now. You'd think I'd be able to. No, I think you have more practice not doing it. Like, I think that if we start earlier, it's easier. I think for me, the older I get in a certain groove, it's harder to get out of the groove because it's a deeper groove. Yeah, I mean, I think that my first experience with first real like touching, groping, whatever experience, because it was in a group setting, I think that's affected my psyche, I guess, or the way I look at life. And I try not to be jealous of other people. And I think that's what's so good about relationships that are kind of open. Unfortunately, I don't have that right now, but I think that that's kind of the way of the future, the way I see it. Like jealousy is such a horrible thing. I have been learning so much about jealousy and it is something that is very confusing to me because I don't get activated in the way that I know most people do. Do you feel comfortable sharing a little bit about how you got to the monogamish place you were in and what monogamish means to you at this moment in the context of your relationship? Social pressure, I think, is how I got to a place of even getting married. I love how you answered that question because... The way people usually answer is the assumption is that being monogamous is the default. And so here I hear the opposite of that, (laughs) you know, of like, oh, well, I became kind of monogamous because that's what happened. How did you become not totally monogamous? Like, have you done threesomes with your partner ever? No. Not yet. Not yet. No, it would take a lot of talk. You know, we're not really sexually with each other very often anymore. So that's why I said, uh, you know, nowadays it's kind of few and far between, (laughs) Okay, (laughs) which is a bit sad. Do you talk about your sex life at all? With her? Yeah. Like, do you talk about the fact that you're not having as much sex as you want together? We did. You know, we went to therapy and stuff like that, but it didn't really help. Okay. So for you, monogamish means sometimes you go to massage parlors? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that awful? I don't think it's awful. Let me be really clear. It's not awful. 
Okay. Now, everyone has different relationships to how they interact with the agreements they make. What seems true to me, based on my own personal experience, is that every single human does not do exactly what they say they're going to do all the time. Every single human. Like, there's not a single consistent human that I have encountered in my lifetime. You know, and there's a lot of judgment that we like to throw around at each other for stuff that's very normal. And I would say that I talk to lots of people and there's lots of people that are very, very self-righteous about being monogamous and have their own rules and they have their own guidelines. And so I think that we as human beings just need to do our best, you know, to make relationships where we are supporting each other, whatever that looks like, you know, and there's different ways to do all of that. I just like to be very forceful with people because like, you're not bad. You're not bad. Like, I just want everyone in the world to know that you're not inherently bad, you know? Yeah. What I would like to hear are some details about massage parlors and like, how do you find them? And like, what's the social nuance of like, how do you know which massage parlor you're at? Like, is it Winks? Is it, how does that work? <laughs> it's legal here, right? So I don't know if it's legal in California, but. Sex work massage is not legal in California. Yeah. They pay a whatever licensing okay. fee. I don't think you're supposed to have like sex per se in there. Oh, okay. But like hand jobs are okay? Full body massage? I guess. I think so. Does it have a special category? Like, is there a sign outside that's like full service massage and then there's like other yep. massage places? Okay. Or, you know, erotic massage or whatever they call it. Oh, I learned something new. Great. Yeah. Now you're going to have everybody coming up to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's wonderful. <laughs> Go give the sex workers money. Can I move to Canada? <laughs> yeah, sure you can. I sure could. Yeah. How do you find them? Sometimes it's like word of mouth or whatever, or friends or whatever that go. I found one that's really, really nice and classy and I go there sometimes and everybody's like non-judgmental. Everybody has their own kind of specialty. Like what are the specialties? <laughs> this is one place that has a, something called a backstage pass and that's prostate massage. They do that. I love that name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of one of their specialties they do like a new room massage kind of stuff they do that Ooh, is that a full body they use like some kind of seaweed, like seaweed. yeah yeah mix it with water it gets really slippery i haven't done it yet but it's totally on my bucket list it's fun how do they start like what's the method because i've watched a couple of videos and i'm you know trying to just like think in my brain like okay here's what i would do if i was in charge usually it just starts with a like a back massage and then it's hands between your legs it's like teasing and sensual, and then it can get really intense. There's one person that I see at this one place. She likes to edge. That's amazing because you have like this super intense finish. So like I'll be in there for an hour or whatever. That's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Because she knows like, I don't have to say stop. She just, I don't know, can tell that it's going to happen. And then she's a lot of fun. That's so cool. Are there any kinks or toys or sexy things that you haven't explored yet that you want to explore? I don't know. I've experienced a few things. I used to have one of those flashlight things when I was single. I should have one now, though. I think that would probably help. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I might want to try those Aneros, I think they're called. They're like a prostate massager, but it, as you move your body, it moves. I haven't never tried that, but I'd like to try that. Cool. If you do try it, 
I would love to know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you a video. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> these are the details and updates that I love hearing. Yeah, I mean, if you can get a video inside there, I guess it would be dark. I mean, like, because I... <laughs> It'd be dark. Why do I want to look at the inside? I don't know, but I do. Anyway. When would you say in your sexual life have you felt the most appreciated? Probably the woman I was dating before I got married. Mm. Because she was sort of the most open-minded to trying things and would actually want to try different things with me mm. and she always i don't know if you want to call it cock worship but she always like commented how much she liked my dick so it's amazing <laughs> so i felt appreciated for my penis oh yeah those compliments when compliments come from a place of what is it it's not i mean enthusiasm when i receive compliments that are clearly just so true like where i just feel it coming from them that that is so hot you're in a relationship where you're not having the connection that you want. And given that you are a person who finds connection is sexy, what are you doing to like take care of yourself? Like your mental and emotional self? Like not just like how are you masturbating, but like on a larger scale, like what do you do to just sort of like self-regulate there? I try to spend time with friends as far as like on an emotional level. Like we still get along quite well. Like we're friends. We're not partners. And lovers. You know what I mean? Lovers, yeah, yeah, we're not lovers. Oh, the one thing I never told you is that about a year ago, before, or a couple of years ago, before the pandemic, I was using a cuddling service, human touch, nothing sexual about it, but I found that really helped. Being held, you know, helps you feel wanted. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I obviously can't, haven't done it since because, well, it's, things are starting to open up again, but yeah, yeah. up here we're, we're a little bit behind you guys as far as the pandemic goes and lockdowns and stuff. But I found that really helped. And doing things that I enjoy like doing music, hanging out with friends, like I said, just doing things that make me happy, riding my motorcycle, that kind of stuff. Yeah. What are your hopes for your sex life going forward in general? I would like to somehow open the doors to multiple people and stop worrying so much about what others think. You know what I mean? Like open, non-jealous kind of relationships is what I would like to see. I don't know if it's ever going to happen just because it's so tough. You know, it's a big decision to make that change and i don't want to hurt anybody in the process so that's kind of a scrambled way to answer that question but. no but it's a tricky human situation too because like i've made so many decisions from a place of trying to not hurt the other person and i can definitely recall instances where me trying to like avoid a thing led to a different type of hurt or disconnection or hurting myself instead, you know, in these various ways. So it's really, really tough when people who care about each other have needs that, at least for the moment, have incompatible strategies around being met. That's a tough place to be in. Yeah, those are goals. Those are dreams. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to say I've given up because I haven't given up, but I don't know that it's whatever happen for me yeah well i think it's good to speak dreams out loud and see if they want to evolve how they want to evolve and just for me when i have a big wish or desire as long as i'm aware of it i can choose to not pursue it but if i am like denying to myself that it exists and just trying to function that's when i've gotten to some dark places in my life because i do i have big crazy dreams in the world like i really really want to make several feature films one of them's about sex ed one of them's about wiggling they're very weird i really want to raise enough money to get a trailer to go around the country i really want to raise millions of dollars to build a full service creativity resort in the middle of somewhere where we can have play parties and create a safe space for people and like i don't know if i'm gonna do any of those things but i hope so and just knowing that i am in my own way doing today what 
makes me feel okay. Like that feels like a step toward pursuit, you know? So just speaking dreams out loud is huge. And I just like, I love it. I love hearing your dreams. Okay. <laughs> Get off on my tangents. <laughs> That's how powerful dreams can be. Listening to the podcast, I've heard you mention about the place with all these different playrooms and creative place. That is a dream. That would be amazing. It would be amazing. And, and it was a really big deal for me to start talking about it out loud. And that really only began last April, like on my birthday. Cause I was like, do I want to tell people? Cause what if I fail? And then I was like, well, so what? Like, I'm not going to make it happen by not talking about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or not doing it. And right? not doing it. Yeah. And so it's just the baby little steps. Yeah. So many people have ideas like this, but then if you don't actually take the steps to make it happen, it's just, you know, yeah. it's not going to happen. Right. Oh, totally. And it's overwhelming. And it's hard to hear from friends and family like, oh, that's an idea. You know, like for people that are scared or just not into it or whatever, you know. So I think that the more that we noodle out loud, the easier it is. Okay. You mentioned at the beginning of this conversation and then throughout the conversation that talking about sex is often difficult for you. How do you feel about that now? Well, like I mentioned, once I start, I often say more than I <laughs> intended. I feel good about it. Like I feel like a, a release you know what I mean? I feel like I've let go. And every time I do that with anybody, I feel better about myself afterwards. You're great at giving details. I love hearing your sexy details and your kinks and fetishes. Okay. If you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age or ages would you pick? And what would you say? Probably 16 or 17. And it probably spans a longer time period than that. I would say to myself, don't be so down on yourself. You know, like I just said, if you don't try it, it's not going to happen. So approach the person that you want to, you know, don't be worried about rejection, that kind of thing. That's what I would tell myself because, you know, we're only here once as far as we know. So you got to enjoy your life. Fuck yeah. So don't put too much worry on what other people think. Yeah. Now more than ever, we just need to live our lives and enjoy whatever we can. Like everything. I'm in enjoyment mode because... Who knows what the next few years are going to hold. D, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Do you have a sex question for me? Have you ever been to an actual like sex clubs? Do they have them in California? 